Good evening. Welcome to Holy Trinity Lutheran Church in the Loop. My name is Pastor Ben Adams, and I'm so grateful that you are with us here tonight. We are welcomed in this place because Christ first welcomed us and prepared a place for us at this table. So we welcome others in response. We welcome one another no matter who we are or where we're from, no matter the color of our skin or who we love or marry, no matter our age, our ability, our documentation status, our gender identity, even how we feel about organized church or religion or wherever we are on our spiritual journey. I pray that this time together, even virtually, is a time to feel connected to one another, and to feel a sense of belonging at God's table. And we just want to say from the bottom of our hearts, welcome to this space here tonight. We begin on this third Saturday in Lent with the confession and forgiveness. And to embody this liturgy, even at home, I'd invite you, if it feels right for you, to either stand or even kneel during this confession and forgiveness. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, creator of the stars of night, companion at the evening table, breath over the deep waters. Amen. Let us pray. God of all mercy and consolation, come to the help of your people, turning us from our sin to live for you alone. Give us the power of your Holy Spirit, that attentive to your word, we may confess our sin, receive your forgiveness, and grow into the fullness of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. In silence, let us confess before God the harm we have inflicted in thought, word, and deed. In silence, let us confess before God the good that we have left undone. silence, let us confess before God the evil done in our name and with our quiet approval.
who is rich in mercy, loved us even when we were dead in sin and made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Almighty God, strengthen you with power through the Holy Spirit, that Christ may live in your hearts through faith. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Also with you. Let us pray. Holy God, through your Son, you have called us to live faithfully and act courageously. Keep us steadfast in your covenant of grace and teach us the wisdom that comes only through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from Exodus. God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, 
out of the house of slavery, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above or is on the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the iniquity of their parents to the third and fourth generation of those who reject me, but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord your God will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work. You, your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days, the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, but rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. Honor your father and mother so that your days may be long in the land that, that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or male or female slave or ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. of the Lord is perfect and revives the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure and gives wisdom to the, to the simple. The statutes of the Lord are just and rejoice the heart. The commandment of the Lord is clear and gives light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean and endures forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, more than much fine gold. Sweeter far than honey, than honey in the cold. By them also is your servant enlightened. And in keeping them there is great reward. Who can detect one's own offenses? Cleanse me from my secret faults. Above all, keep your 
your servant from presumptuous sins. Let them not get dominion over me. Then shall I be whole and sound and innocent of a great offense. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. A reading from 1 Corinthians. The message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, God decided through the foolishness of our proclamation to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks desire wisdom, but we proclaim Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom, and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. The Passover of the Jews was near, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple, he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and the money changers seated at their tables. Making a whip of cords, he drove all of them out of the temple, both sheep and the cattle. He also poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. He told those who were selling the doves, take these things out of here. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. The disciples remembered that it is written, zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then said to him, what sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, This temple has been under construction for 46 years, and you will raise it up in three days? He, but he was speaking of the temple of his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. 
In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Amen. During seminary, I worked at Cedar's Mediterranean Restaurant. It was a good job, and I really loved the people that I worked with. And one of the first lessons that I learned when I was a server was how to turn tables. And this meant that as a table of people were finished with their meal and they were leaving, we should bust that table as quick as possible to get it ready for the next guests. And during our busier shifts, usually Friday nights, that I worked, those were the times when people would be waiting in our waiting area, ready to be seated. So the faster that we could get those tables turned, the faster that they could be seated and eating. It was a fun and frenetic place to work on those busy nights, but it was especially worth it when customers would leave satisfied and in turn, leave us a big tip. After that first year of seminary, I ended up leaving Chicago for the summer to do clinical pastoral education. So I ended up leaving my job at Cedars. But throughout the rest of my seminary journey, I learned new ways of turning tables, not necessarily in a restaurant setting, but more so in the public sphere through com community organizing. This is the kind of table turning that is inspired by our gospel reading today, where Jesus enters the temple and flips the money changers tables. This radical energy of Jesus, it excited me and it excited many of my seminary classmates to dream of building power, building enough power that we ourselves could start turning over the tables of inequality and racism and sexism and queer phobia and to reverse the destruction we are causing to our earth. I'd be lying if I said that this table flipping gospel lesson doesn't still awaken that radical side of me because it does. But as I thought about preaching this sermon tonight, I didn't want to just pick the low hanging fruit that would just rile myself up and maybe many of you as well. So instead, I thought about the part of the story that we don't get. Like what happened in the temple after Jesus turns all those tables and prophesies about his death and resurrection? Like what happens after that? I can imagine Jesus after this mic drop moment, strutting out of the temple and his disciples following after. But then the money changers and the other Jews in the temple are just left there standing silently, stunned maybe. They slowly look around at each other, asking what just happened. But one by one, they begin cleaning up the coins that were strewn about the ground, and they flip the tables back over to reset them. But in my vision of this story, they don't just go back to business as usual right away. I think they'd be too shocked to just go back to the selling of animals for sacrifice. After all, Jesus just drove out all the animals. So for the moment, the temple is just filled with people and empty tables, maybe a few stray doves that were flapping around, but for the most part, it would be empty. So they begin to surround these empty tables that they just flipped back over and to start having conversations about what just happened. Maybe a few of them are really incensed that Jesus would come into the temple and do such a destructive thing doesn't he have any respect for private property? Some may even start to call for criminal prosecution of this reckless rioter, Jesus. But then I'm sure there's probably a few of them who start to question the system of sacrifice that they had in place. A system that excluded the poor and those who were unclean in some way and were not even allowed to enter the temple for ritual sacrifices. Maybe some of those folks would voice sympathy for Jesus's actions and maybe even begin to wonder if the system that they had in place could be reformed or maybe if it all needs to be altogether dismantled in order for it to be more inclusive and accessible. And I'm sure there were yet others who didn't have the words to say in the moment <clears throat> to articulate their reaction to what Jesus just did. So they 
quietly and patiently listen and search their own heart for what is being asked of them in response to Jesus's actions. I imagine these crowded table discussions in the temple, they must have felt kind of frustrating or maybe even pointless to some of those. Everybody just said what they already believed and no one actually left without any change of heart or any change of mind. But maybe there was more happening under the surface that no one could quite understand or explain just yet. Because after what Jesus did, after that transgression, all of a sudden, the people who were a part of that, who were witness to that, they were faced with the truth. And they had to make a decision. Would things just go back to the way they were? Or would we seek change? Ultimately, the tables that Jesus flipped, they had to be set back again. And we all know what happens from here. Jesus and his message of inclusivity and healing and wholeness for all people could not exist alongside these systems of inequality and exploitation and death. So one of them had to go. And it turned out to be Jesus. Does that mean that this table flipping moment was in vain or that the system of inequality and exploitation and death actually won? No way. Because we all know that Jesus does what Jesus said he would do that day in the temple. He did rise from the dead three days after he died. And for us, that is good news. Because we, too, through our baptism, have died a death like Jesus's. And in doing so, we'll experience a resurrection like his. You see, even though the table flipping instinct within me is strong, I now also recognize the reality and the need to reset the tables once they've been flipped so that we can welcome more people to them. That's when I think back to my serving days at Cedars, where we eagerly, eagerly turned tables to welcome as many guests as we could in a single trip. And I wonder if we could think about our own communion tables like that, which during this time turn out to be our dinner tables. And maybe it's time to turn the table and to reset it so that more people can come to know its abundance. The High Women are a band that I really like, and they have a song called Crowded Table. And the lyrics go like this. Yeah, I want a house with a crowded table and a place by the fire for everyone. The door is always open. Your picture is on my wall. Everyone's a little broken and everyone belongs. Yeah, everyone belongs. What if our communion tables truly reflected the vision of this song? What if we cleared the table of all the stumbling blocks and set it back in such a way that there was no question that everyone has a spot prepared for them. Not just that there's room for them at this table, but that the table was set with them in mind. I think that's why Jesus turned the tables in the first place, because they were set in such a way that it actively discriminated against the poor and the ritually unclean, to the extent that there was no place for them at the table. And Jesus cannot abide. So he overturns those tables to communicate that the Lord's table has a place intentionally set and prepared for each and every one of us. It was set with you and with me in mind. And so in response, we are not only called to be table flippers, but to be table setters as well, and to invite all to God's table of mercy. And when we finally take our place, and when everyone finally takes their place at this table, at the last, at that crowded table, I cannot wait for the conversation, for the food, and for the fellowship that will be had and savored. That table that was once turned has now been set with you in mind. So take your place and enjoy 
God's abundant spread. Amen. With the whole church, let us confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, 
was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. On this third Sunday in Lent, let our prayer reflect the guidance of the Ten Commandments. Our God, our lawgiver, our temple, our wisdom, form your church to worship you alone. As you blessed Gregory the Great, so bless our bishops for their ministry in church and the world. Let us pray. Lord, have mercy. Protect all who call upon the power of your name. As you bless the martyr Perpetua and her companions, so bless Courtney and Grady preparing for baptism and all preparing to affirm their baptism at Easter. Let us pray. Lord, have mercy. Even during this pandemic, connect us in diverse ways for, to our worshiping communities and give to all people regular rest from their work. Let us pray. Lord, have mercy. Bless with wisdom all parents and any who are granted authority over others and give to children the will to honor those who care for them. Let us pray. Lord, have mercy. Keep the nations of the earth from engaging in war, bloodshed, and torture, and help people of all ages to resist the lure of violence. Let us pray. Lord, have mercy. Uphold marriages and all commitments of care and defend all people, especially children, from sexual abuse. Let us pray. Lord, have mercy. Guard your earth, its animals, and its plant life from all those who would take for themselves more than they need. Let us pray. Lord, have mercy. Train the diverse people of our nation to respect each other. As you blessed Harriet Tubman and Sojourner Truth, so bless all who work to end discrimination and the oppression of the vulnerable. Let us pray. Lord, have mercy. Use our bounty to meet the needs of others, those who are homeless or hungry, and hear our prayers for all who are sick or suffering, all afflicted with the coronavirus, Charles Cole, and all we name in the chat or by unmuting. Pray for Kristen Barnhart. For Emily, Jeremy, Mariella. Let us pray. Lord, have mercy. Receive our thanks for Blessed Mary and all who have died in the faith and bring us all in the end into the fullness of your life. Let us pray. Lord, have mercy. We entrust ourselves in all our prayers to you, O faithful and gracious God, through Jesus Christ, Savior and Lord. Amen. Well, I'd like to say another word of welcome to everyone here this night. We are so grateful you're with us, and we hope you can stick around even after worship for a time of fellowship that we share here on Zoom. We also want to thank everyone for your continued generosity to Holy Trinity, whether you give online or through the mail, or whether or not you'd like to make a contribution tonight using Venmo. We are so grateful for the ways in which you continue to show generosity to this community and continue to allow us to show generosity to others through our endowment funds, through our mutual aid fund, all of the ways in which we've been able to stand up and, and step up for our community in these days. I also wanted to let you know that 
today is the, the first Saturday of the month and tomorrow will be the first Sunday, which is uh, a Sunday when we serve communion at Holy Trinity Lakeview. So um, we do that normally here in, at HD Loop on the third Saturday of the month. But if you'd like communion twice in the month of March, you can always attend as well tomorrow morning, HD Lakeview at 9.30 on Zoom um, and prepare uh, some bread and wine for yourself at your home and take communion with us that way as well. Another announcement that during the month of Lent or during the season of Lent, I should say, um, we will be having uh, Thursday night evening prayer services. So if you're interested in a midweek service during the season of Lent, uh, you can join us online at 7 p.m. on Thursday nights. And I think we have several services left. So check out our website uh, for the events and information on that. And you can join our Zoom Thursday night at 7 p.m. With all of that said, we will continue now with a thanksgiving for the word. Gracious God, who has named and claimed us, calling us to be your beloved children. You know the secrets of our hearts. When we sin and stray from your paths, you astound us with your saving grace. For this word of life, we give you thanks. Loving Jesus, living word, in you the kingdom of God has come near. Through you, all that was lost has been found. Help us to boldly follow you wherever you may lead, trusting your promise that we need not fear, for, we are, for you are with us. For this word of life, we give you thanks. Holy Spirit, the mystery in which we dwell, into our scarcity, your abundance flows. Enliven all communities with your good news. Guide us to love and serve Jesus giving ourselves away for the sake of the world. For this word of life, we give you thanks. All glory to you, holy God, now and forever. Amen. And as we pray the Lord's Prayer together, I'd invite you to assume the posture of open hands, an ancient uh, gesture of the Iran's position. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. May Christ, who calls you to take up your cross, give you the strength to bear your own and one another's burdens. And may God bless you now and forever. In the name of the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen.
peace. Remember the poor. Thanks be to God. And I'd like to now invite you, if you are comfortable, to turn on your video camera and enter into gallery view as we share with one another the peace tonight. The peace of Christ be with you always. God's peace, everyone. Peace. 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 God's peace.